Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of Her Stories. I'm super excited about my today's guest. I have the fabulous, incomparable Kate Cardoso on the call. So Kate, welcome to Her Stories. Thank you for having me, I'm so excited. So I'm as I start off every Her Stories, um, I start off with why this person inspires me. Um, I, to be truthful, when I start coming up with the list of women that inspire me, Kate was always in the top of my list. I say that truthfully because I've known Kate now, we were just talking about how many years, like 22 years we've known each other. And the minute I met her, she just has a smile that lights a room. There's some, there's kindness behind her. She just, you know, no matter what you do with Kate, she gives it 150%. And to me, seeing her, following her, watching what she's done over the last years is so inspiring. Um, you walk the talk, you say you're going to do things, and I think your commitment to um, what you're passionate about is just unparalleled. Um, and so I'm a huge fangirl and just been love seeing how you've evolved as, as a woman and a mother and a wife and everything in between. So that leads into why I find you incredibly inspiring is a lot of the causes that you work on from social responsibility political activism and whatnot. So I'd love you to talk about who you are, what you do, and, and let's just kind of kick it off and let's let's hear more from you, Kate. Oh, you're so kind. Uh, so, wow, uh, there's a lot, uh, lot to cover. Um, you know, so we met uh, obviously professionally. Uh, it was my first job out of college. Uh, I was um, doing a marketing events specialist and uh, you were doing PR, is that correct? Yes, PR um, relations, yes. And yes. And so um, that was first experience. It was so great to have you as a friend uh, at Silverstream Software. Um, we had a, a good group of people and it was uh, it was fun. You were kind of, you know, the more professional and the more successful talking with all the, the big wigs. But you were you were so kind and supportive of, of the people that were were newer and a little bit more junior. Um, so that so that was fun. I got into event planning uh, from there and have been doing corporate event planning for the last uh, 20 years, mostly uh, high end uh, incentive travel programs. It's this job that people hear about and they say, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. And it really is amazing to travel the world and stay in really nice places. Uh, just really a dream. The, the, the work is hard. They're, they're long days. It's actually one of the uh, ranked one of the most stressful jobs, uh, which which is crazy. It's up there with firefighting and policemen and surgeon, and it seems a little silly, but uh, all the details and something always goes wrong uh, with with travel. As, as you know, you travel all the time, yeah. um, and so that was that was great. Uh, really, really loving my my career doing that. Although um, I, you know, I have been a person uh, who, for whom giving back is, is very important and, and being involved in helping those who are uh, less fortunate or who are more in need has been something that, that uh, has been really important to me. My mother was a, a social worker for uh, DCF, um, you know, helping children in foster care uh, and in, in the adoption process. My father was a probation officer. So I come from uh, two, two parents who really have given, gave back so much as part of their full career. So I was not doing that uh, with my high-end corporate incentive travel. 
So that, that was really something that felt uh, like it was, was missing for me. But I was traveling so much, there didn't seem to be the time to really get involved uh, in my own community because I was traveling all the time. So it, to be part of a board or to have a mm -hmm. consistent volunteering opportunity um, wasn't realistic. Uh, so then, you know, uh, 2016, uh, it came uh, and it was a, a really tough time for me because of the politics that were, were happening uh, in, in the country. And I don't think that we need to delve too deep into the details. You and I have had uh, a lot of offline conversations uh, about this, but um, was I was horrified. Awakening, like horrified. You and I couldn't be more similar. It yeah. was like nothing. I don't think anyone's ever experienced to that level. And you and I were gutted, gutted. Uh, couldn't it. believe that it was happening. Uh, couldn't believe uh, that it then happened. And, you know, we, I know we're going to talk about, you know, having kids and how do you get your kids to be uh, involved and caring and, and, and being good, good people. But um, I, at the time, it's 2016, I had a, um, I think it was probably seven-year-old, two girls, a seven-year-old and let's say a five-year-old. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really, I really lost it. You know, that was a, that was a breaking point for me and, and they witnessed that. And I think that um, it had some long-term impacts on, on them. Um, anxiety, uh, you know, uh, my youngest remembers that time. And, and then a couple of years later, she ended up having a lot of anxiety. And I think it was seeing your parent break like that. Um, and, and maybe it, it made you less secure with, with the world that you lived in. Um, and so I, I, I think ultimately it will, uh, it has made her stronger. It will make her stronger as my whole family, but it was a really, it was, it was hard for so many reasons. And she was, um, so, and, young, and she was so young, Kate, both your girls were super young. Yeah. Um, one question I had for you, when you were younger, did your parents have you volunteer? Was that part of the DNA of your family? Like, because people did, my father did the same and that was just my activism. I just always had that fight for what you believe in was really what he felt. Did your parents, because you saw what they did, but did you also do volunteering and be part of that? Yes, they would drag, drag me and my three siblings uh, to do, there was a once, in a, once a month um, supper that we would bring to uh, a place that provided uh, hot meals to, to people in need. and. We hated it. And what is so funny is that I later became involved with an organization, Manic Community Kitchen, in the same exact space that my parents would drag me. I was then dragging my own children. So full circle. Yeah, full <laughs> circle. So when, so when, you know, were you honest talking to your kids because they were so young? Because they see you, they know you, but they, you know, how was it? Because I feel like I had to be, I never thought I'd be so honest and transparent with my kids. My kids are older, but not much that I was, I was like, we didn't have this rhetoric growing up. We didn't, we were kind to people, we were generous. Did you have to have that talk? And were they, because you're such a fantastic mother, but it's hard because what do you want to share with them? And you want to shield them with some of the things. So how did you juggle that kind of, sharing but not oversharing because they were little it was really hard especially because of the kind of person i am i i don't i can't hide my my feelings and and you know i think it's a, uh, if i do you know i feel it in my body yeah. if something is bothering me i feel it in my body and so for me i have to talk about things but i i also i didn't want to make them more scared than they had to be even though i was more scared than i had ever been and there were people family members who said oh you know you're you're sharing too much or you're you're doing this and that and the other thing but i i couldn't i couldn't help it 
Um, and I remember the, the morning after the election crying with my seven-year-old daughter in her bed because she said, hey, did Hillary win? And I said, no. And we just cried. Um, so it was just part of, I, I had to be open with them. I had to say, well, you know, this happened, but then it made me, it made me such a better person. Yeah. So ultimately it was a good thing. I hate saying that, but your I then. Really, your voice came, like we always yes. have the similar, but what I think you did even exponentially more than I did, your voice became loud. Your I voice became, to. and yeah. you picked the different, and I'd love to, you know, talk about, because to me, you had issues that you're like, absolutely not, this is not right, human right, like you just, to me, you weren't afraid, and I think that was so inspiring to me, because you're like, all bets are off, <laughs> like, it, it was, and it was, <laughs> it yeah. was, you know, I, um, I, I didn't, my, my biggest fear, and you know, I travel a lot internationally, my biggest fear was that e either, in the U.S. or traveling, people would would think that I was a supporter. Yeah. That was my biggest fear. I didn't want anybody to think that there was any possibility that yeah. I was supporting that. So I chose "Love Trumps Hate" as my slogan, and yeah. I you wore had, shirts. You had it on your backpack. You had like all buttons. like you had yes. it buttons. I love the pictures of you traveling, and it was like I'm going to say this right now, and you could look at all which. You know, following in social media, I find it like it was just because that's the way I, I am proud to wear the, the, you know, love Trump's hate. I have all of that. I have HRC, you know, I yeah. just, I, yes. I'm proud. Every work call, I have it on my back. Yes. It's, I, it's I, needed, I needed, I needed people to know, but, but not only that, I needed to have it as a reminder yeah. about how to be a good person. And it was like, if I'm wearing this, I have to be a good person. It's yeah. so funny, Elaine, my, and you probably saw this. My, my husband, a little bit belatedly, he got me a license plate and it says love win. And you know what? I had wanted this years ago, um, but he, he just got it for me this year. And I'm, when I'm driving my car with my love win license plate, I'm like, I better let that person in. Like, I gotta be a good person. I gotta <laughs> no not be that's no, great. I can't be a jerk. I can't drive around this car and, and not be a nice person. wave to you and stuff. Do you see? Because that I love license plates, and that's that's no. So but great. you know what? So I live in Northampton, Mass. I don't know if you've ever yeah. been here, but this is a, a liberal enclave, and so people I think see the license plate and they say, "Only in Northampton," you know. Oh. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in so, a very supportive community, so this is no so surprise great. to see a license plate like that. <laughs> so were you ever worried, Kate, about the work crossover? Because years ago, you didn't share your voice, in my opinion, people didn't share their voice in fear of their job. I do think that switch, and I'm seeing it from, you know, I work for SAP. We had a whole day yesterday talking about be who you're meant to be, and no one should judge you. And I think yours, like, I do think that that's, corporations are now like, you can blend your personal beliefs with work, you know, not dangerously so, but like, you know, or maybe that's not the right word. Do you, were you ever nervous about work being like, hey, Kate, or no, you felt in your space what you do. Did it, do you ever have backlash basically from it? Uh, I, I didn't. Uh, it, it, there were some, um, some tricky situations with colleagues and, and clients who I knew how they felt and they knew how I felt. And we, we typically wouldn't uh, engage about it, but I, I, I never got any backlash, but at, at the same time, I, 
uh, I didn't shy away from wearing my shirts or putting my button on um, because I thought it was really important for people to know. And then they could either engage with that in a conversation or they could not. And it was it was up to them. Um, but I never, fortunately, I guess I never had situations, but I did, I did have, have certainly have clients and colleagues who were the opposite of, of how I felt. Do you have anyone that ever confronted you from outside of work? Did you ever get in any, cause yes. I've definitely had some weird situations where I'm like, I wore something and someone would come up to me and it's like, I just want a healthy conversation. And it always ended up being a little more aggressive. Did you have that experience? Uh, so I would, uh, I, I run and I do races. And so I would always wear a Love Trump Tate shirt from 2016 through to, let's call it uh, 2000. Um, and so there were some, there was a the St. Patrick's Day race in Holyoke and I'm running and there's a, a guy with a, you know, Trump hat. And, um, you know, I think I ran up to him and I, you know, kind of pointed at my shirt and, and we ended up, you know, giving the, each other a high five. Um, but it, it, I did get um, some comments, um, mostly supportive again, based on where I am in Massachusetts. Um, I did mostly get uh, supportive comments about uh, any of my apparel. Yeah, that's wonderful. So as you said, you know, with the election, with everything, you really, all, you became more active. Talk about how you juggled. I mean, we talked about it. You traveled a lot. Obviously, COVID shifted some things. Um, do you want to talk about, like, how did you get more involved? Because you've been president of boards. You've been, and I'd love to hear more about, you know, how do you pick your organizations that you volunteer? But how do you, let's do how you pick the organizations and then how do you juggle it? Because that's, people think you need to have exponential amount of time to try to juggle. And sometimes just doing a little bit, it means so much. You do obviously a lot more, um, but I'd love to hear kind of that. Well, I, I think that it's important to talk about uh, my personality as part of this, because I am a, a person that, that needs to always be doing something. Um, or, or my head. Do I do that? Yeah, my, my head. <laughs> I don't hands. Hands. I don't <laughs> so, so I am lucky and unlucky in that respect, um, because I, I, I always need to be doing something so I can get a lot done. <laughs> um, but it also drives most people in my life crazy. Um, so I, one organization that I have, have loved and been working uh, with volunteering for years is, is Girls on the Run. And mm -hmm. it makes sense, right? If I'm a runner, I've got girls. All right. So it, it does make sense. But um, it is such a wonderful, powerful organization in teaching uh, girls in particular third through sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, um, uh, not only running, running is so secondary, honestly, to this program. It's about uh, teaching them how to uh, how to empower themselves, how to be kind to themselves and to other people, how to uh, think through their, their emotions and their feelings and express themselves. I learned as a, a full-grown adult woman so much about how to how to treat myself and other people through this program so that that is an organization that that i have loved i've, I've coached uh coached quite a few seasons both of course both of my kids because i was a coach want nothing more to do with it um but it's it's such a valuable and they it ends with this big 5k uh race mm -hmm. not even a race it's just a run They're, they really take all the competition out of this um but it's it's this it feels like this rally for 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 girl empowerment uh if you if you haven't been to one elaine i'm yeah. sure there are some in atlanta but it's just this feel good 
um, moment uh, for these girls who have just finished a 5K and maybe it was the first 5K they've ever run and they're feeling really strong. Um, and it just teaches them lessons that hopefully they take with them for their, their whole lives. So that, that's been a really important uh, and, and meaningful organization for me. When COVID hit, Mm-hmm. There weren't any meetings or events or travel happening. So I, with this spinning mind, uh, I was going crazy. The kids were here doing remote school. Uh, my husband was working from home. And so I, uh, and I, and I felt, I was feeling like I need, I need to do something. Here we are. We have a house. We have warmth. It was in the winter when it started. Uh, we have warmth. We have food. We have toilet paper. Yeah. Um, and so I said, I need to, I need to help people who don't have this. So I, started volunteering in a homeless shelter. They turned the high school into a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, looking back, I, it, was, it was a little crazy. It was a little crazy. It was um, a little risky for me to be leaving my family and going into this um, environment. We didn't know what was happening with the virus. Was there, was there the potential for me to, to get COVID while I was doing this? Absolutely. But I felt, I felt like I had to, I felt like I had to, and, and, you know, it made me feel kind of like a bad mom. Um, I'm over it, but here I was leaving my kids to go and and volunteer in a homeless shelter because it was something that I needed. So it felt a little, it was selfish and selfless all at the same time, but felt more selfish than anything else. Um, And so that was, that was so powerful to, to be in that environment. And, you know, the, the big thing in this, in the shelter was, was coffee. And so we'd have a, we had a little coffee station and, and people would come and they would kind of hang out six feet apart, sometimes, sometimes not. And, and you, you'd hear their stories. And so I, um, I created this um, called the Kind Cafe. And so two or three times a week, I would bring in uh, a cooler with some specialty creamers, you know, the vanilla, French vanilla, and I'd make some mochas. And I, I got um, some local kids in the community to, to, uh, uh, to draw some signs, some positive, encouraging signs. And I, I taped them up on the walls. Um, and, and hearing these these stories of mm-hmm. uh, of where uh, where these these people had come from, some of them had been unhoused for for years. Yeah. Some of them had become unhoused because of circumstances around the pandemic, where they just couldn't afford to uh, to, to pay for their, pay the rent. And it was it, it was um, so rewarding to be there, but but also so so traumatic to hear these stories. We talked earlier about our childhoods, which were idyllic compared to most and. Uh, and we're and so forget. lucky. We're so rem- yeah, you're so removed. And then you hear these stories and you're, you know, because I feel that way with, um, I volunteer at Lost, a Lost and Found um, organization for um, runaway LBGTQ+. And it's wow. the largest mm-hmm. homeless population in Atlanta. Yeah, every yeah. Every time I hear the stories and there's kids around and it's, it's just, you forget. We're, every day, 99% of us are lucky, if not right, more. Right. And that's, and it's, you hear these stories and it's, people are like, oh, it's drugs, it's this. And it's like, there are so many more factors. You can't comprehend what people, people have hardship in life. You know? Right. And, and, you know, I'm not religious, but there, but for the grace of God, go I, right? Yeah. It could be me. It could be my daughter. It could be my brother. I it could be my friend. Luck. It's luck. It's just luck. Opportunity. It is what it is. It's just sad, right. but that's yeah. So how long did you? So after COVID, did you still stay helping to volunteer there? How did you? I I, I did. So they ended up closing that shelter, but in the meantime, I had gotten involved with this organization called Manna Community Kitchen, and so they were providing hot meals. And they they it was the same organization that I went to as a kid, dragged by my parents in the same church. 
Um, and so, but they've been doing the, the work in this, in the community, hot meals in the community mm-hmm. for 30 years. Um, and so I, I started volunteering with them and I am not a, I don't cook. I don't, I, I, I'm horrible. Ch- I can't chop vegetables. I make, I can wash vegetables maybe. <laughs> um, so, but I would, uh, you know, I'm an organizational person. So I would be on the assembly mm-hmm. side, setting all the containers up to do the to-go meals. And the, the, the meals that this organization uh, put together were restaurant quality mm-hmm. and it was, they were, they were amazing. And, and this organization was all about respect and dignity and treating the, the, the guests um, like, they, like they were our customers um, and they were just coming to, to get a hot meal. And so I became really involved volunteering there. I, um, I joined the board. Um, we ended up creating a community center in the space uh, for people to come and, and charge their local community. Yeah, it was, it's right. You know, it's a mile down the street from me, but we, you know, we have a lot of people that, that come into Northampton because they know that there are services uh, in mm-hmm. Northampton. So, so there is an, and there, there is a, a, the population, the unhoused population, I think is going up everywhere, big cities, small right. cities, towns. Um, so, so there certainly has been an influx um, since COVID. Uh, so we created this community space where people could come, they could shower, they could do laundry, they could charge their electronics, they could just kind of sit down and, and relax and not be outside. Uh, and, and also it was an opportunity to connect them to, to different services. Uh, housing, it, it's so hard to, housing. I mean, that's the number one uh, social service issue that we've got here. So much is tied to housing. Um, mental health resources, uh, healthcare, um, substance use, uh, just everything. You must see the same every time I travel. I always talk to local people. Like when I was in London, I talked to some people in Barcelona and I've been all over from, um, where else I was, uh, Berlin. It's, and they say, we help our communities. The government, that is part of their job, is to make sure no one is sleeping on the streets. They have the meals. They have the mental health care. They have the, insur- the you know, insurance coverage for any medical treatment they need. I, you know, to me, and I'm sure you feel the same way, it's getting worse here. It used <laughs> to be from the housing, I mean, affordable housing, I just, it's so sad. You go to a lot of our large cities. Atlanta has a problem. San Francisco's, you know, has tremendous yeah. problems. You know, is it, do you see hope in the future that we can make a difference where this is just, because I just think it exponentially has gotten worse. And I just, you know, going to the other countries, I'm like, they've got it figured out. What is our problem? And they, you know. Yeah, I don't, we are not, we are not addressing these issues. Uh, And so it's really up to the nonprofit organizations to, to fill in these huge gaps. Yeah. And and I hope that they can continue to do that until um, you know government uh, is able yeah. to enact some um, some some new policies that that will address mental health issues crisis really let's call it yeah. what it is it's a mental crisis. health crisis yeah. uh, you know addiction mm-hmm. um, and and they're you know they're 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 so closely intertwined um, you know mental health crises and and, and addiction. Um, and, and then housing. So it's like the tri, the trifecta and there's, there, so many people are touched by at least one of those three things, if not all of those three things at the same time. So it really is up to the nonprofit organizations to, to step in and and fill this until we, we, we have some governmental policies that, that help. And I do, I believe, you know, what you do giving back to your local community, sometimes, you know, um, 
I talked to someone and they said, oh, you know, the big organizations. And we then said, you know, where you really make the difference is grassroots. It is from a political standpoint, but it is giving back to your community. It is that social responsibility. It's, you know, years ago, there was that saying of like, not my backyard. It's like, no, but it is in your backyard. We it will be. Each yeah. other. It will be. And I know no one wants to have some of these services in their area because of it changes their property value and whatever. But you have to help the lo like local communities. You have to make a difference. And I think it's, you know, finding what you love doing. Every community has something that you could go, oh, this is where I want to make a difference and help give back. You're, you're so you're so right. Um, and, and giving back feels so good. It does. That's the amazing thing. Uh, uh, that's the amazing thing about it. You get so much out of it. Um, it, it, it and more yeah. than it takes. That's more than it's so much mind. More. Like I always, and I've been volunteering for years. Um, obviously, depending on work, you know, as we talk about juggling yeah. life, work, kids, light, like everything in in the middle. <laughs> I always feel it's the first thing to go, but it's the thing that makes me the happiest. Yes. It always right. has made me happy. And the kids yeah. see me leaving to go volunteer and get other people to volunteer. And right. I just, to me, I'm, not, I'm probably the happiest when I'm giving back. And I leave, yeah. leave a place and go, I just made a difference for four hours or whatever. And it's so minimal, like, but it, it yeah. ends up making a difference in all these people's lives. Right, right. And making you feel better about your own life. Yes. Uh, really, it just... It's all, it, it's all, a, a, it's all a wonderful thing. It, so being involved with Manning and getting more people to volunteer and, and be part of it, 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 it really, it ended up being the only social time I had during the, the peak of, of COVID was because it was the only acceptable way of getting together with people. Um, and we, we were all safe wearing masks and all of those things, but um, that was my, that was my social life. Um, and so when you, when you do it and you do it with friends, yeah. It's it it checks all the the, the, the boxes. boxes for um for being for being wonderful. <laughs> so, you know, as we talk about like you're traveling so much now, you know, as the events as we talked about like the events world shut down, the events world's back up now and running. People are really traveling a lot more. Um how do you do um so I've seen you do things while you're traveling and and you still even though we talk about the grassroots of your local area you're also taking it to even another step where you go places and you travel and then you do, you know, community service. And I'd love you to talk about that. Cause I, I love that. I, I love it too. Uh, it has changed dramatically changed my relationship with my work because I mentioned before it was always lacking. I did these wonderful things, but it was, there was no give back as part of it. I have that now. And, and how that happened was through my experience with, with yeah. Mana, uh, yeah. Community Kitchen, uh, you know, understanding a little bit more about food banks and how they work. And so the, the bad news is that there is food insecurity everywhere. Yeah. Uh, everywhere. I, I did a program in- You travel everywhere. Everywhere. Right. Yeah. everywhere. Yep. Um, so I went to Pebble Beach. I said, oh, I don't know that there's gonna be- <laughs> huge they, they have so many uh they have so much migrant labor because it's oh. uh, america's you know food basket so much migrant labor there are so many um you know children who are uh, unhoused and living in poverty uh food insecurity so basically the point is there is there is need everywhere there is food insecurity everywhere so um the experiences that i had at, at mana 
I, I brought the idea to a, a company that I, I do most of my work with. And I said, hey, because um, we were trying to reimagine how to, how to do group travel post-COVID. And I said, this could be a really important component of what we do. So now as part of every program that we do, there's a, uh, there's a, a CSR initiative, Corporate Social Responsibility Initiative, mostly focused on on food security so i've i've done an initiative and, it, and so we're taking people to uh you know puerto vallarta mexico i mentioned that because we saw each other there years ago yeah um and so they they're there and they're on an incentive and they're they're doing activities they're doing catamaran they're having a welcome dinner and a farewell dinner they're getting gifts but they're given the opportunity for one hour the last full day to go to the hotel ballroom and put together packets of food, uh, non-perishable food items and hygiene supplies for people in need that then get delivered to a, uh, you know, a food bank in particular, in particular, it's usually a, a food bank. Um, and so this allows me to make a difference mm -hmm. uh, everywhere I go as part of my job and the, the impact on the attendees that it has taken these incentive travel programs mm -hmm. to a whole, whole other level. And people have said, wow, this was, this was great. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get involved in my own community. I'm going to go home and get involved in my own community. So on so many, there's an impact in so many different ways on that, that local organization, the people in mm -hmm. that, that destination, on the people that are part of that program, hopefully inspiring them, encouraging them to go back to their own communities and get involved. Because if you're going to do that in a destination that really doesn't mean that much to you, how can you not do it in your own uh, community? But I, I can't wait to see it expand because I feel you know, to me, I, you know, if the airlines and the hotel industry would go, Hey, people do want to, I would spend a hundred percent. I wake up so early. I'd spend a, an hour in my morning at the beach going to do something to help something, some cause. I just think it's such a natural, like yesterday, um, my company had like a people day, but part of that was giving back for CSR. This one was like a mural painting for children that are sick in hospitals. Oh. So you get to do the painting. But last time we did um, food for hunger, what was that hunger? One of those where you make rice packets for community yes. food, and, yeah, or like nutritional packets. And I love that our we're now incorporating that into when we're together at work. Our company 100% believes in corporate social responsibility, and to me, businesses. I want to do business with companies that give yes. back. Yes. Will, like we always talk about like Patagonia. Patagonia has mm -hmm. a fabulous political, first of all, mind of speaking mm -hmm. their voice, um, but they also give back. And there's so many other companies like that, that I just, you want to do business too. with them. Absolutely. You know, I, I was on another podcast of, about a month ago and a question was, and it was about these CSR initiatives. And it was, I said, you know, um, should a, a purpose led um, company be doing these on their, uh, their, their travel, their corporate events, uh, incentive travel programs. And my answer was, they're not a purpose led company. If they're not doing this right. as part of their, whatever it is, their conference, their meeting, their incentive travel program. And, and what we can do, and I've got three years of, of doing this, of experience, it's not hard. It doesn't have to be hard. So if we can make it easy for companies to do this, and we can make it easier, easy for attendees to participate, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And it's, it's not a expensive. no brainer. What I don't understand, like, I'm not saying there isn't a cost that I didn't realize when we did some of the CSR stuff and I was leading them. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize, realize there was a cost. For some yeah. of these programs, obviously the company has to pay for certain pieces of it. You know, we talked about the um, nutrition food packs. Yes, mm -hmm. I understand.
but there's also some that you, it's not a huge uplift. Like you're not making no. a company hurt their bottom line. In fact, I think it increases their bottom line by yes. giving back. Right. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. And it, 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 I mean, it can be, uh, it, it can be labor intensive. It can be, yeah. uh, uh, there can be a lot of work that goes into it, but um, the, the ROI, right. Yes. Such an important thing. It is an important is. thing as, 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 business people ourselves we understand the importance of ROI but the the ROI on on this kind of an initiative uh is 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 huge um and it really and so I I'm trying to you know figure this out it's so important to me um I I, I really believe strongly in uh if you're doing well yeah. then you need to do good and so what I am trying to kind of you know we're all looking for our niche right and so I would love to focus on, and I, I do a lot of this already, high-end luxury travel yes. with purpose. And so I, I feel like those, those, you those high-end- You and I all partner with you on that. I love it. Yeah. I right. I really do. I think it's- And there's, it is, there's the money. There's money. They're, they're the, they, and and the, the better that you do, the yeah. more good you should do. Absolutely. So if, if we've got people who um, have that kind of, a, companies that have that kind of budget, right? Um, people who are earning those trips, right? Because part of what uh, these these corporate social responsibility initiatives, um, we we provide a lot of information about the nonprofit that we're supporting. Yeah. With the with the idea that the attendees potentially will be making donations on their own. We don't we don't ask them to. It's not a hard yeah. sell, but it always happens that people are like, you know what? This was great. This organization seems amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna donate a hundred dollars. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. I had this program. It was amazing. It was. Um, at, it was in Sea Island, Georgia, um, at the, the lodge, um, a very exclusive group. There were maybe, I think there were only 30 people of top, top dealers for this company. And so we, we didn't ask them to do anything. We, the comp the client said, we're going to make a donation on, the, on behalf of all the attendees. And we, we told them about this donation. We had those qualifiers matched the donation. Yeah. They weren't asked. They they yeah. they weren't asked. They said, you know what we so we ended up raising this out of this group of, you know, thirty people. We ended up raising, um, I want to say, sixty five hundred dollars for um, a, a food bank in in, in Georgia. Um, so so there there is so so there's so much potential. Well, and we um, so you know you and I did marketing years ago where we always give out the tchotchkes, which are like you know a cup of. USB thing, a pen, like yes. I don't need another water bottle, you know, no. I just don't. And so we've made the decision anytime we do a, an event in my group, we give out donation. Like you pick I anything, love that. $75, $100. I love you that. Pick your organization that you want to give back to. And every single person that we've done it with is like, thank you. I don't want another water bottle. I, I love that. I'd rather pick my organization that you gave me a donation to give. And That's I love such a it. good idea. And I, yeah. just, and I feel like that to me is another way that companies, hey, just have a little few thousand dollars and then see where everyone. And what's also interesting, you get to know people. I mm. saw the people that really cared about these different topics and I didn't know that that was a passion and it ties yeah. it all together to you learn more about people of what their interests are. Um, so yeah. I found that fascinating as well. You're so right. And it, it's, it's more environmentally friendly not to do all of those tchotchkes. And uh, more I mean, seriously, no, <laughs> we don't, you know, I, I still, I'll go away for a week. I've got a carry on. I do not check my luggage. I, I don't have one little inch left for any kind of tchotchkes. Don't give me tchotchkes. <laughs> I know it's so, it's so true. I'd much rather give back and, and whatnot. So, you know, today I want to ask about like, so how are your girls viewing about things? 
Do you actively volunteer with them like at this current time? How do you do and how do they feel about all the things you do? Yeah, they uh, they were very involved uh, with MANA when yeah. when I was uh, when I was volunteering there. So at least one day a week they would go with me. That we'd 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 run the kind cafe, uh, or they'd help kind of package up food. Um, so we haven't done that in a while because the last six months have been been nuts. Have been away more than I've been uh, home. It feels like, um, but they are they are very aware of uh, of giving back, and they are very aware of uh, of helping people. And in, in, in their the, DNA now. Uh, yes. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, as much as they sometimes complain about getting dragged now today. So, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah right. right. So it's being, you did, you get it's only going to get harder. It's only going to get harder. Um, so they, they definitely know. And, and my husband too, you know, it wasn't necessarily part of, of what, um, what he did, but he was, uh, or, or of who he was, but, um, he has supported this in, in amazing ways, right? Being being yeah. gone in, for three days a week uh, during the height of the pandemic in a potentially situ potential situation where I could get COVID. Um, he knew I had to do it, and he supported that. Um, and he's just he's just more aware of it. And you know what? There's there are things that you can do, right? There's the the donations that you can make, but but there are also what I what I love in my own community is is finding almost it's finding individuals you know who maybe need something and it's maybe doing an anonymous um scholarship to uh to a, a, a dance place for someone who, who wouldn't something. always always and, and you know what you don't you can become so overwhelmed by the need yeah. but helping one person individually who you know can can feel so good and it and it makes it makes a difference it really does make a difference and you can change someone's life like just yes. picking and it's not you know as we talk about if you don't have the money then use your time if you have right. both give both right and that's right. where for me it doesn't have to be because i know people always there's always an excuse and i know i just don't think there needs to be an excuse right you know? yeah just, yeah and you know yeah. you've probably seen and i think you do the same thing um for thanksgiving you know when they have you know what is it black friday i use that to give back and then the mm -hmm. cyber monday i use that to give back and to me yeah I, you know, my personality, as you know me well, um, I give back donations to like the Trevor Project. And if there's, yeah. sorry, but a political side, there's a congressman that's against a bill. I'm about to donate in your name. Um, yes. And I know uh, you hear people do that. That is so me. I can't yeah. tell how many people I've contributed to just to say, I disagree with your point of view. And I'm now going to put a scholarship for your name. It's something yeah. you don't agree with. If you put your money where your mouth is. Uh, you know, I like the expression, you know, be the light you want to see in the world um, because we all need to see the the positivity, but we rely on uh, too many of us rely on other people to create that positivity. We need to be part of it. Yeah, we a hundred percent do. So a few more last like questions and I, and I'm so love I could talk to you about this forever. Yeah. Um, where do you see yourself in the next few years? Like I always joke when I retire, I'm, I'm older than you. I always joke when I retire, all I want to do is give back. Like I picture my life just trying to help communities and travel. Me, the travel piece is huge, as you know. Yeah. Um, what do you picture yourself in the next few years? You know, do you want to do more volunteering? Do you like kind of the, you know, you're now bringing the CSR to your work. So it's almost the best of both worlds. But where do you see yourself in a few years um, with, you know, CSR and volunteering and juggling life and family? Yeah, and that's that has always been a really hard question for me to answer. And I don't know what it says about me because I am a planner and I live in the future, but I don't know what it says about me that I, I really struggle with that question. And, and probably because 
you just never know what is going to happen in your personal life and your professional life uh, with opportunities, with mm -hmm. um, the setbacks. And so I, I don't, I don't know. Um, and I'm not really focused on that, except that I want to continue to really promote CSR as part of yeah. corporate group travel. Um, I really am hoping to take this uh, luxury travel with purpose. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to push that because I think that the impact from that uh, in, in terms of uh, money, potential money donated, the potential to uh, impact individuals to be part of it when they travel, be part of it in their own communities is huge. Yeah. Um, and, and, and retirement, I, I, I don't know what I would do with myself. I mean, I would volunteer, so but younger, I, so we'll, we'll get back. I'll interview again to ask you that question. You you know, my, my husband can't wait. He'd retire tomorrow. For me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to retire. I, can't. Never, I, I picture you just being busier than ever. Like, seriously, I really do. But I love your thought on, you know, getting this out for luxury travel with a purpose to me. I can't wait to see what you do with this because to me, this is an untapped market that just even talking, it's like, wow, you're so right. You know, it just, it's, there's so much we can do. And I think a lot of these luxury brands, luxury companies can do these things. Yeah. Um, so do you think we have hope for like, it's been a hard few years. Um, mm. I see, you know, current environment is still, I still, my head's still exploding hard. pretty much every yeah. day. Um, yeah. do you feel that we're going to get back to kindness? Like I joke that my first impression of you was kind, your smile and your kindness. And that to me, it's, that's why I'm like following your journey. You've never lost that. Do you think we can get back to others being like that? Like, do you think I, I, again? Um, I, I hope so. But, um, I think that it, it's going to take a lot of self-reflection Mm -hmm. uh, because we, we really can't be kind to others unless we're kind to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we, I think we need to do a lot of work on understanding that voice in our head. And, you know, I've seen this with my, with both my daughters and, and it's amazing how our worst enemy can be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that voice in our head that tells us bad things, not true things, negative mm -hmm. things. And so if we can be kinder to ourselves and feel better about ourselves, then, then that gives us the confidence to be kinder and more vulnerable with other people. And I, I, I feel so fortunate to have reached this point, 44 next week, yeah. where, um, you know, I am confident. I'm confident, but I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm humble. I know I make mistakes and I, I'm not perfect, but I, I believe in myself. And that gives me the, the confidence to be a good friend and to not have jealousy and to not have anger yeah. and to, sorry, not never, but most of the time, yeah. just to be, to, to, to be kind to myself and to be kind to others. And so if we are going to be more kind, it has to be internal and external. And I, I hope that this focus that we're now having on mm -hmm. mental health yeah. um, will allow us um, to, to get there. So I hope yes. so. I, I, we have to hope so. And I also feel like we're raising good humans. I mean, you know, I'm like obsessed with my three kids and I see yeah. their friends and I see your daughters. I have hope for the future because of what we're doing. They see us, it reflects in them and we're building kind humans. You know, yeah. um, you've probably heard me say, my father always said the most important thing is being character and being a kind human. He said that yeah. 30 years ago. He's like, that, yeah. there's nothing more. And he always was the proud. He didn't care what we did, how much money we earned. 
He wanted us to be good humans. Yeah. And that's what you're raising good humans. I'm raising good humans. Everything else is an adult. You're right. You're right. It and doesn't matter. And I love watching you, the girls, your girls smiling and knowing that they're, they're the next generation. I really have hope. I feel like I joke, I've joked before that some of the older generations need to go away. Um, yeah. <laughs> start again to be that and that we've, you know, we learned from our past, but um, I know I've taken up so much of your time. You know, my last this has been question. so fun. <laughs> I know. I, I really, there's so many other topics I do want to talk to you about. So I'd love to have you back. The one, my last question I ask everyone, what empowers you and what inspires you? I am empowered by thinking that there are more good people than there are bad people. And uh, I am inspired to, to be one of those good people because I know that the balance is tenuous. And if we aren't all uh, working really hard to, to make the, the world a, a better place, then um, who knows, who knows what, what happens, but, but I'm, I'm inspired by, by individual people like, mm -hmm. like, like you, like Stacey Abrams, yeah. um, like, uh, Michelle Obama, uh, these, mm -hmm. these powerful in particular women who mm -hmm. also are, um, hopefully paving the way for, um, other in particular women to, to have a moment to, because I think that that ultimately is what will make the world a kinder place is to have more empowered women, um, with the, with the right intentions, with the, the, uh, the idea of, of opening doors for other people. We can't do this for ourselves. We need yeah. to do it for others. So being part of that movement, I guess, of empowered women, opening the door for other women is what gives me purpose and hope and inspires me to, to keep going. Yeah. What a beautiful, that's beautifully said. And as, um, Kate, you inspire me every day. Truly. I know that we haven't seen each other in a while and, and we're afar, but I love seeing what you do. I can't wait to see where your future leads you Aww. and your girls and your husband. And, um, you know, everyone can make a difference. And I think yes. that that's what I was so excited to have to talk to you about that. We're going to make a difference by you sharing that, you know, these are, things you can do in your daily life to help others. Um, right. So thank you for inspiring me every day. I can't wait thank to see you, you and hug you in person soon. And hopefully I one know. of the trips we're going to, we've matched before. So we'll have to have to get in each other's calendars for that. I'm, um, I'm going to connect through Atlanta soon. Exactly. <laughs> and thank you, Kate. I look forward to having you again in another episode. There's tons of other topics we can talk about. Um, but thank you for your time. And everyone, um, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode of Purse Stories and there'll be another one coming soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. <laughs>